guys, let's get started. We are, of course, we're in Matthew 6, <clears throat> model prayer. We're in verse 10 this week. Verse 10. Let me go ahead and read verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the, uh, that's the passage we'll talk about. Today. Let me read the objective of Jeremiah as this book. Page 49. <clears throat> I tell you, I cut grass at my house with that. Just about kill me. Uh, in this lesson, we discover how to, magna, uh, how to manifest God's will and his kingdom on earth. Learn how to manifest God's will and his kingdom on earth. Let me read uh, what Jeremiah says right here. Ties in last week's as we go forward. It's just one, one, uh, one little pa- paragraph. He said, Jeremiah says, I've called this lesson Praying Our Priorities. First, we learn to pray our to pray our praise last week. Hallowed be your name, verse 9. And then we learn how to pray our priorities today. Learning to pray God's priorities into our life has been one of the most exciting things God has taught me in my walk with him. It's David Jeremiah. It is reduced. This is why I wanted to read this. It has reduced the levels of fatigue and frustration and failure in my Christian life. It has helped me to understand that I can neither do my will or can I do God's will. In the doing of God's will, there is, is an excitement and adventure that I can do God's will. I, I, I can either do my will. I, I misread that. I can either do my will or God's will. And in doing God's will, there's an excitement and an adventure. That's why I read that because, you know, it's... it's I don't know. We, I don't know about y'all, but when I pray, man, I got my little list of needs. And if my needs don't match up with God's, you know, I, I get my feelings hurt. You know, I've got point made other people have. I pray out of obligation. I've gotten to the point, Steve, at times. No, I, I, I don't need to lie about it, man. God knows. You know, in, in when you say stuff like that, or when I say, you know, sometimes I, the things I struggle with, I, I, I just want to be able to help somebody. <laughs> because, you know, we've said a hundred times a year, the enemy wants to make you, like, you know, where you, you're just praying out of obligation. It's not because you want to. And then he's going to, he, the enemy's condemning you. I feel that way, not much, but every now and then about reading my Bible. You know, like I, I, I've got to do it. And if I don't do it, you know, I can justify it well when I go to work or I can I can listen to a podcast and be on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and and it's not okay. And I, and, but I struggle like you're talking. And this praying is... I, I struggle with just... I thank God, you know, we could thank you for the rain today. I think McCoy said it's been three weeks. That what you said McCoy since it rained. Woke me up last night. I know it's been dusty. I said, I cut my grass at the house the other day, man. And I'm just coughing and barking. You know, it's just dusty. But anyway, we can thank you for the rain and we can thank you for the sunsets and sun, sunsets, sunrises, uh, for, for this or that. You know, but I mean, do we... Do we pray that our will will match his will? 
You know, I think that's what the lesson is today. Uh, let me reread verse 10, and then we'll get in it. This may take about 20 minutes. I don't know. This 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 lesson today was, it was difficult because I, I, I've struggled this week. And I told Jeff the other day, or Brent one, I guess we're standing around out here chewing the fat. And it's like, Everything we cover on Sunday, I don't know about y'all, man, but I fight it for next week. Y'all, y'all find that it's the case. If we talk about how to be that name, worshiping God and, and bring an honor to Him, you know, next week I want to show my tail somewhere or something, you know, and, and not be honoring Him. This week, you know, it's praying our priorities. So, you know, I, I know it'll come. It's, it's my will matching up with God's. So that'll be, that'll be, uh, hey, I got a special weather statement that says it's going to rain. <laughs> That's what that is. That's how I need to go back get my raincoat this morning. Be quite if I hadn't got it out of Bebop, because the sun was shining at my house. The time I drove from here, there to here, four or five miles, it was uh, it was raining over here. I, I, I wouldn't have been prepared at all. Let's read, uh, let, me, let me read uh, Matthew 16. And let's, let's continue to pray. And I, I, I thank you, Steve, for saying that. Because I think everybody fights those things. We pray out of obligation. The things we do, we come to church out of obligation. We, we do this out of obligation. You know, and, and, and I, how do you combat? Let's just stay on that for a second. How do you combat it, Steve? I'm just asking. I don't know. Do, do you combat it well? Does anybody have any suggestions on how we get it past that? Well, I'm going to do that. Faith, I know that I'm moving further away from the Lord. The good part is the Holy Spirit predicts it. That's a telltale sign. Yes. I have to be reminded of that a lot. I have to be reminded. No, it's not. It's not. And failing God is not fun. You know, and and falling short. And I don't know about y'all, but when I fall short or when I see and I do the things that don't please God, I almost feel like I have to go stand in the corner. You know. And I, it's not like God's making me go stand in the corner. I need to go do it myself. I got to punish myself. You know? That's kind of what goes through my mind. I don't know. I may be just crazy. All right. Matthew 6, 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Roman numeral number one, praying our priorities. There's not but two Roman numerals. I'm going to read both of them so we kind of wrap our mind where, where Jeremiah's going here. Praying our priorities about the reign of God, about the, not reign like we're getting right now, but the reign he, he rules. And praying our priorities about the rule of God, how he, how he can, should control our life. Okay? Praying our priorities. About the rain. Let me read. If you think our priorities, that God's our kingdom come will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you think that's something uh, different or whatever. I'm just going to read some verses. I got Mark uh, 1 14 and 15, Matthew 24 14, and Luke 23 42 and 43 says. Mark 1 says. And now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. Matthew 24, 14 says, and in this gospel, 
the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and the end will come. Notice progression here now. The kingdom of God will come. We'll preach the God, the God this, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. We need to talk about it to the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So it's not it's not just after the rapture. Then Jesus talking about here in Luke 23, 42, and 43. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your, into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assured, I say to you, with you, to you, today you will be with me in paradise. All these verses talking about God's kingdom. So when you're, let me, I'm sorry, when you think about it, when you read the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, right? What does your kingdom come? What does that mean to you? Your kingdom come. That's my will. God's will will happen when it happens, when it's his time. Uh, so when your kingdom comes, well, what do you what do you think? What are, what are, are you All right. What else? I think he's asking, I think Jesus said, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Whatever your will is in heaven, in the, I pray that it comes to the earth. In whatever situation, I think that's what he's talking about. All right, under Roman number 1A, the kingdom of God is with us. The kingdom of God is with us. Let me read what Jeremiah writes. We know that the kingdom of God will have its full manifestation in the future. And while there is a present reality of the kingdom, it is obvious from looking around the world that someone besides God is having a great deal of control over the world. So how does God's kingdom affect us today? That's the question. How does God's kingdom affect us today? Or how should it affect us today? Knowing that his kingdom come, his will be done. Thinking about God's kingdom, how should that influence our lives? All right, we can enjoy his presence in us when? All day, every day. What what circumstances or situations? Is there a criteria there for, for God's kingdom to be with us? Well, uh, if it's stress and worry, what should knowing that God's kingdom is, is with us? What should that bring to the table for us? Expectations of what? How we live. How we treat other people. Keep coming. Oh, worship. What did we talk about in worship last week? Why should we worship God? Y'all remember some of those times? His capabilities, his promises kept. Things he's done, the things that he promised to do, will do, will do. Think about that. When it gets a little squirrely, so how does the kingdom coming, God's kingdom, how does it affect us today? In those times of sorrow, we got to hold on to those promises. You know, let me read uh, Luke 17 20 and 21. And when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, you know, the Pharisees said, hey, man, when, when is this going to happen? All right? 
And he answered them and said, The kingdom of the God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For the king, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. What do you think Jesus is talking about there? For indeed the kingdom of God is in you. It's not going to be like, hey, in the eastern sky, there comes New Jerusalem. There's the kingdom of God coming. Jesus says it's in you. So what does that bring you today? I'm sorry. How are you changed? How how are you changed? If we can ever truly understand our identity in Christ and who we truly are, it will change that over to our lives. I've been fighting that, Jeff. Because I think about the sin in my life, whatever they are, and I, I'm thinking, how you know if 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 John David and Hogan did the things disobeyed me the way I disobeyed God, my word, man, you know, it would drive me nuts. And God is so patient, and, you know, He's so gracious, so merciful. He's allowed his kingdom to live in me. And he's patient with me. He ain't taken me out. <clears throat> I would have taken me out a hundred years ago. You know, it just blows my mind. Just blows my mind. You know, I jot down, what does this verse tell, tell, tell us? The kingdom of God is within his children. The kingdom of God, no, we need to remember that. We need to think about this. Keep that in mind as we go further. Now I'm going to read the. Uh, I don't believe I copied it. Let me look up Deuteronomy. Uh, I can't believe I didn't copy Deuteronomy 30. Give me just a second. Deuteronomy 30, 11 and 14. 11 through 14. For this commandment which I command you today, it is not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and, and bring us to it, uh, that we may hear, hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring us, bring it to us. Talking about the kingdom of God. It's not someplace else we got to travel to, he's saying, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. That kingdom of God is in your it's in your ear and in your heart. You know, like Steve was talking about, when he's convicted, that's a good sign. Because the enemy's not going to come up to you and convict you, say, you know, you're not going to church like you ought to, or you're not, you're not praying like you ought to, you're not doing this or doing ABC one, two, three like you ought to. He don't, he don't want you doing that stuff. That's a telltale sign. That you're a child of God. We we believed in the gospel that he got was died and drove again. We believed in the message we accepted as our savior, but yet that's when we believe the next step that he sees us as rolling through the blood of Jesus as righteous. We finally believe that. That's how it sees. It's going to change. As my daddy would say, Jeff, that's trying to get that trying to get that through your picture. That's what he told me. I'm not tired of talking to myself. I'm yeah. Saying, yeah. How can you see me as righteous? I, I, I don't understand. 
And I get caught up in that. And I think sometimes the enemy wants us to focus on that or a predestination, some 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 things that we don't have a, a capability of fully understanding, like you're talking about. And we get sidetracked and not doing what God's asked us to do. You know what I'm saying? I think and Jeremiah says that, and I'm not going to read it, but he, he said when he first started preaching in the 60s, I think he was born in 41. I think he's two, two years older than my mother did. He said in the 60s, you know, he started his church in Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And from there, he went to San Diego to shout a mountain where he's at now. But back in those days, he got so wrapped up in growing the church that he neglected his wife and his two young kids. You know, and his wife looked at him one day and said, this is the last time I'm going to mention it to you. Are you coming home tonight before bedtime? And he looked at her, he said, I looked at her and said, you know, I'm doing God's work here. And she said, you have some God work here at the house, too. Don't, don't ever forget. This the last time I'm going to mention He said, that changed his life. So you can, the enemy can even get you busy doing God's work to keep you away from spending time with him and honoring him and growing in him and praying to him, you know, and all this. And that. I mean, uh, I jotted this down. David Jeremiah says, in one sense, pertaining to Deuteronomy 11, 30, 11 through 14, in one sense, the kingdom of God is in your heart. Let me read what he says here on page 51 underlined. So when you pray your kingdom come, you are praying something internally, Jeremiah says. You are saying, God, you are the king. You live in my heart, and I want your kingdom principles and your kingdom purposes to be lived out within me as you reign within them. Maybe the manifest visible kingdom isn't here on is isn't here on this earth. But there can be a little touch of kingdom within me as, as we walk with you and talk with you and live for you each day. If we walk and talk and live for Christ each day, we we have we have a sense of the kingdom of God coming to this earth. We get to we get a snippet. We get a little little taste of what it might be like. What what it, you know? It, it won't be anything compared to what it will be. But you know, those things offer hope and give uh, focus and that kind of thing. All right. Second, Roman number uh, B here. The kingdom of God is around us. The kingdom of God is around us. What is David Jeremiah saying here? Under Roman numeral, praying our priorities about the reign of God. And we, we, we've talked about the kingdom of God within us. And he's, he, the second point under Roman numeral uh, one, number two, is the kingdom of God around us. What do you think he's talking about? I jotted this down. I, if the kingdom of God is within believers of Christ, when we as believers gather, the kingdom of God is around us. And present to others. It's ever present. We 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 got a bunch of kingdom of God here in our hearts, you know. And this this class, encouraging, lifting up, putting an arm around. Sometimes grabbing by the seat of the breeches and dragging, you know. And, you know, just giving a little push down toward the right thing. That's all what the kingdom of God. Knowing this fact, how should this encourage us as Christ's followers? 
knowing that the kingdom, kingdom of God is around us again. What does that bring to the table as a Christian for you when you're around fellow Christians? What does that do for you when you're, when you're around fellow Christians? Just like, just like Steve was just talking about an obligation. What is that? How does that make you feel? You look at Steve and say, man, that joke is crazy. Now, I, I fully understand that. <laughs> I, I can wrap my mind around it. It's uplifting like Tommy's talking about because I know somebody else in here struggles with the same thing. I look over at Charlie and every time, you know, we, we laugh and clown about the yoga pants, but I know every I never met a man who don't struggle with that. If they're honest, if you don't, you're lying to me, I promise you. You know, you're lying through your feet, teeth, and your feet don't match. That's what you say at Lee Mill Mercy, Carver County High School when I was in school. You know, you're just lying. It's nice to know that I'm not the only one struggling with that or struggling with this. It lifts me up and it encourages me. And I told you all a thousand times, that's why I, like, I love for John David and Hogan to come to this class. Not because I'm all that. I ain't about nothing. But I can, they can hear Steve. They can hear Charlie talk about that. Because we, the both of them jokers, we've had those conversations, you know, about about dad, I, daddy, I'm struggling with this, or daddy, you know, I, I can tell John David don't come out saying so much. It's just his tone. Hogan would just say, Dad, I'm struggling with something, 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 whatever it might be. And I'll go back. I'll not reference one of you dudes, man. You know, and he'll say he said, yeah, I remember. And you know, and it's encouraging. It's, it's, it's it lifts him up to know that. You know, at times it is enough. At times, I can't hardly open my eyes without seeing yoga pants. You know, I mean, they're, they're, it's like the dude, man. It's everywhere. You know, those things. That, that, that's, but when the kingdom of God is, is, is around us, we're in here, it's, it's, it's encouraged. It's encouraged. All right, the kingdom of God, God is before us. When you think about the kingdom of God being before us, quote unquote, before us, how does that affect you in your everyday life? When the king, when you think about, it, when you ponder the fact that the kingdom of God is still, we got a little dab in our hearts and we live in it. We got some in here and everybody's heart in here that's a Christian. But the bulk of it is before us. It's, it's, we haven't gotten there yet. How does that, how does that affect, should it affect our everyday life? It should, yeah, it should. It should. And our actions. And our behavior. It should bring encouragement, like common Yeah. It should bring encouragement. Knowing that as crazy as it is, you know, in this country, politically, morally, ethically, whatever, personally, whether with the dealing with whatever issues are in hand. You know, struggles with this, struggles with that, struggles with A, B, C, and D, you know, and, and one, two, three, and four. We got all these struggles. But to know that one of these days, when, when the trumpet blows and the New Jerusalem, you want to fight that fight. I'm going to talk more about that. I jot it down. When you think about God is before us. What comes to mind? How does that affect you? You and your everyday life. I've jotted this. That God is in control. 
Nothing surprises him. He knew July the 10th, 1965, when I was born, what day I'll die. He knows. Nothing's, it's, nothing's out of his control. And I also jot down, God's righteousness is going to prevail on this earth. It's wicked and evil. And, and, and it's, you know, you can't, you, you can't even. I flipped on the TV this morning on the MLB network to see if the Mets won. They got beat. They can be getting, the Grom got beat. Hey, there's no hope. Man, it was a nice looking girl on the MLB network with dress on. I mean, my word, man, man I'm thinking. I get tired of fighting that fight. I get tired of fighting. I get tired of fighting a fight of anger or disappointment or or whatever jealousy or envy or unforgiveness. I get tired of that. You know, and one of these days, God's righteousness is going to take all that mess when His kingdom comes to this earth, not just live inside us. That's what it, you know. It's before us. I got to hang my hat on it. And I, and I try to just describe this time. I'm going to read Isaiah 2, uh, verse 4, and then Isaiah 6, verse 11. It's just a couple, a couple of sentences here in the book. And he shall, this is Isaiah 2, verse 4. This is what it will be like. And he shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares. You know, this is what's on the United Nations up there. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against a nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. And then Jeremiah talks, goes on, and he says, and then they will take everything military and it will become agricultural. Now they will take spears and change them into pruning hooks and lion and the wolf will lie down with the lamb. Even the animal kingdom will be changed when this happens. And Isaiah 6 verse 11 says, and a little child shall leave. We just need to stay focused. When we think about God's kingdom before, stay focused on that. Stay focused on that. It's like we talked about them horses with them blinders or blinkers on, you know, on, on the Kentucky Derby. It, it, it keeps them away from the crowd and, and the stuff going on the side. They're looking down the track. They're, they're, they're looking down the track. They're straight ahead. And that's what we need to do. Because the kingdom of God is the force. When you think about this time, I jotted this down, and I don't know why, just because it didn't it, 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 When you think about this time, that, 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 that there'll be no more war, be no more temptation, be no more sin, be no more sorrow. Does a smile come to your face? <clears throat> I think it should. Uh, the sins I struggle with will, will be defeated. They will be defeated. That sense of obligation, you know, unforgiveness, jealousy, doubt, fear, anger, whatever it might be. Let me read what Jeremiah said right here. This is a paragraph. So just be patient. As soon as we begin to pray, your kingdom come in me, around me, and before me. We have prayed that the Lord should, uh, what the Lord said we should pray. But whatever we start to pray, but but if we ever start to pray that prayer, we must get ready for war. I've told you. Uh, every week, man, it's a different war. It's the same war. It's just a battle somewhere else. 
And he said, but if we ever start that prayer, we must get ready for one. There are two kingdoms, Jeremiah says. You see, the kingdom that's in operation right now that doesn't like the kingdom that's going to come. The kingdom of Satan doesn't like the kingdom of the Lord. That's why we're told in God's kingdom it, 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 uh, it's not of this world. His kingdom is manifest. His kingdom is manifested in this world through us, but it's not of this world. You know, like, like, like the Bible says, we are in the world, but not of the world. We're different. I told you what Chrissy used to tell us when you play, you know, football. Said, you're different, man. You're not like every student up here. You're just different. Don't forget. Just remember what your last name is. is what my daddy would tell me. Who you? Who your parents are? Satan is running things right now, Jeremiah says. Uh, when you live to start to live kingdom principles in your life, you get the attention of the one who's running things. Go back to what we were talking about a while ago. And he doesn't like it when you do what Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And when you start living like a kingdom child, you are going to start having some struggles. There's that encouragement. Steve, you mentioned it. Now David Jeremiah's next time. When you're doing what God wants you to do, you're going to get attacked. So just, just, just don't be simple to think it's just not going to happen. You will get attacked. And cut, let me tell you, it will be. It'll be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a week. And it don't matter what the situation is. The, the enemy will not take, well, you know, he's got a, he got a sick kid. He's Harold here. David's got the virus this time last year. You know, I'm going to let him alone. No, man, that's when he gets up. It comes, he comes, and he comes, and he comes. You know, Steve just mentioned it. Now Jeremiah mentioned it. He said, but remember the end of the verse. All these things shall be added to you. When you serve as a child of the king, he will take care of you and he will meet your needs. Wow. Find my spot here. Roman numeral number two. The first one was praying and priorities about the reign of Christ. Here we're talking about the rule of Christ. Praying our priorities about the rule of Christ. I jotted this down. This is where it gets personal. This is where I say, God, your will be done, not mine. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I don't care what it costs. That gets real personal. I go between there and not. I don't know about you. And I jot it down. Do you always like your will be done? God's will be done in your life? Do you always like that? I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I you know, like I just said, it ain't no sense of mind about it, man. I mean, Charlie's shaking his head, no. Jeff hollering out, no. We all say no. Because there's some things, I'm sorry, some things we just don't like. You know, man, I just tell that girl, don't be getting mad at me, man. We're running windshield ain't for punishment so you can play better. You can play longer. We don't see the big picture. No, all I can see is right here, man, you know. Right here, right now, you know, 
Andrews used to get us up there, and I don't know if y'all ever did this anywhere. We would sit on the wall. Y'all are sitting on the wall there. You get us up there, and we'd have to sit like this for like two minutes. Try that sometimes. And then we run the floor of figure eight. We go down, sidestep, sprint, half forward, sidestep, full in, side in, then back. Just figure eight, come back, sit on the wall. Sit on the wall. I look over there, there's Myron Hughes. You played at the University of Cincinnati. He's doing the same thing. Then Pires, this is 81, it's 40 years. Southern Miss, he's doing the same thing. And them guys want to stay too. They're doing the same thing I'm doing over, and I'm dying. And them guys, you know, Myron's about six, seven, six, eight, something like that. He's a big old boy. They're going in there 10 times touching the rim. You know, I'm thinking, my word, Andrew, you're killing us. He just did it so you can participate longer. You know, just participate longer. Friend, so we do, we don't always like God's God's will, but it is for the best because we don't see the big picture. You know, you ever been turned down, shot out of sight, looking back, you think, "Boy, I'm glad that didn't happen. I just wanted so bad." You know, and now I can see. I, I can go down the list. A hundred of them. Why do we not always like God's will being done in our lives? I'm sorry. Selfish. So what does that mean, Joey? I want what I want. I'm not real concerned about anybody. Somebody say something over here. Pride. Pride. That might require me to clean the commodes, man. You know what I mean? You clean you willing to clean the commodes? We got a, one of the guys that worked with me. Both of them. They, they had to be the janitor the other day at the, at the middle school. The janitor custodian was out. And one of them, one of them said, Man, I'm going to be cleaning up bomb off some man. I've cleaned, I've cleaned up, I, I bet a million throw-ups. I just, I just don't bother. I, you don't know how many times I sit and watch kids throw up in that lunchroom up there and like it's a man. Just don't bother. Throw up, just don't bother. I was sitting there one day eating a kid brought a lunchbox over and showed it to Kelly O, who was first grade teacher. That kid had the biggest cockroach come out of that lunchbox I've ever seen in my life. You know, and then she's like screaming and hollering, no, I don't want to go get some. I'm just staring at hamburger. But are you willing to clean the commode? You willing to clean throw up? Are you willing to do the little things that God asks? Or do we want to be, you know, so pride might be it. What else? Selfishness, I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I saw some feet go up like this over here. Everybody's feet going, ah, he's talking to me. What else? I heard of the family. Just they were telling the pastors that they wanted to be more involved with what he was requiring. Said there was only one way and they did it. They sold their house and bought a small house. I got called. I jot down fear. You can see fear in all this. Pain. There's some pain, man. Sit on that wall right there. You don't know, man. I, my legs will get to shake. I'd be just like quivering. You know, he'd say, all right, sit on that wall. And of course, we've had that discussion. And if you couldn't do it, he, you know, he, he stuck the word turd. You remember me talking about that? Andrew's crazy. Uh, but you know, he, you know, it's just painful. 
getting, getting, getting better in athletics is just painful. It's not a catwalk. It's not easy. And I jot down the three things of fear, pain, and uncertainty. These others are great. Pride, selfishness, you know, giving up control. I'm afraid to give up control. Why? Because I don't know what might happen. You know, I like to, when I was pitching in high school, college, high school didn't matter, man. We couldn't tie our shoes. In college, you know, I, I, I call my own pitches. I like, I like to be in charge. Because if it was a double to the gap out there, man, it's my fault. Because if, if little Johnny over whoever nowadays, no no major leaguer call, they're over, you know, the, you know, they're doing all this, they're calling pitches. I feel like if I'm gonna get beat, I want to get beat with what I what, you know. I I might I want the freedom. Hogan got so frustrated at Montevallo that he didn't get to throw what he wanted. Because he had an idea how, how he pitched his best. You know, sometimes he pitched backwards, breaking pitches, fastball, in that order. Sometimes getting ahead with a fastball, coming back with a slider, curveball, you know. But when the coach is telling you and you're getting hammered out there, it makes it even worse. But it's not my idea to throw those pitches. So it's not my fault. That's the mentality we get. You know, because we, we give up. We're not certain. We, we're afraid to give up the truck. What are God's priorities in the, in, in the life of his children? What are his priorities? So when, when, he, when he's, what's the Roman number? Praying our priorities about the rule. What has God put us in charge of? What's that pecking order? One, two, three, four, five, six. I jotted down three. What do y'all think? What, are, what is the first priority in our life? God, our relationship with God. Because if this relationship is not this vertical one, nothing horizontal is going to be worth doing. So if we got that one in line, what's the next? Our spouse. And I jot down third, children. You know, because believe it or not, we, we should raise our children to leave the house. And I mean, House and I, you know, both of ours are gone, married and gone. I mean, when you get back to sitting around there and it's just you and her, and it's been 20 years, that's a struggle. But if my my, my priority has been her over my kids, and I told John David Hogan a hundred times, I don't mind to that too. I said, y'all are the son, S-O-N, not the son, S-U-N. The world does not revolve around you two peckers. Just because you want something don't mean it's going to happen. You know. And, I, you know, and this may be ugly. I would tell them no sometimes just so they would get used to hearing the word. Because I get told no. You know, and it's not that big of a deal, but now we're not doing it. Hogan hounded me and hounded me. Hey, we're going to put a basketball go to me. Put a basketball. I said, we might sometime. And all three of them was riding me. I mounted one to the block to the brick on the on the garage. I bet they shot another thing five times. Cost me a gold, drill holes in my concrete, you know, wasp up there the whole nine yards. They shot five times. Drives me nuts. 
What happens if we get these things out of order? What happens if we put our family before God? Things go south. Things go south. They go south in a hurry. Last thing, and I got a question. I told y'all this week. Uh, page 55. Listen to this. What does it mean for God's will to be done? On earth as it is in heaven, verse 10. In heaven, do the angels debate with God about doing his will? Jeremiah says. Heart. They do God's will immediately, without reserve, and unconditional, excuse me, and joyful. Rhetorical question, I guess. What might happen in our lives if we responded to the will of God like the angels in heaven? In heaven, do the angels debate with God about doing his will? They do the will of God <coughs> immediately, unreservedly, unconditionally, and joyfully. Then he asks, what would happen in our lives, in my life, if I would do the same? Think about it. What did Paul say? Whether I live or die, die is gain. What he said. Yeah, but I am going to do it right quick. You know. But Paul, he really didn't care, man. How effective was that joke? Because he, he laid aside his. You know, he had, he had some wants. He asked three times for one to be taken away. You know, it didn't happen. And God comes to man, I'm, I'm giving you enough grace to overcome this. You just, just hang on. The kingdom of God is before you. One of the points we talked about. It will get better. It's going to get, you know, it'll be bad. But when it gets, when it gets better, it's the best. You know, we just we got to stay focused. We got to hold on to those truths. I think Larry was talking about those promises. You know, even in, in those dark times, it's, it's we have to hang on to those promises. And then when that kingdom is around us, like we talked about a while ago, in a tactful way, I might add, we some of us might need to be reminded of those promises. In a tactful way. Does anybody have anything to add or subtract? I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm really dreading in a couple of weeks when we have this part of the model prayer, forgive our dances, we forgive our forgive us our dances, we forgive one more and last week. That next week maybe y'all might have to come get I may be the great. I don't know. You know, just I, I just every week. This next week's gonna be a book. <clears throat> yeah, I thought you said you was willing to, 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 to give up control and let me rule. I, I know it's coming. Let's pray for that as well. Okay. God, I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, I know the challenge. The last time we read the dangers don't obey. They don't they don't put conditions on obeying you. 
They do it favorably and without remorse. They just get out. And God, I know, I know, I know, God. I pray for the strength for this next week for everybody in here from Charlie all the way around to Joey. We've got the debt's coming. I promise. We'll be we'll be quizzed by somebody or by ourselves about following you and doing your will, regardless of the outcome. God, I pray for the lack of pride, the lack of fear, the lack of selfishness, the lack of uncontrolled. Just be able to turn all that over. God, I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, we got some shown up prayer requests in here, God. We need you. Every one of them, God, need you. Some big time sickness and just, you know, we got lost a, 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 a member of our family, God, just a couple of them, a couple of three of them. God, I pray that you put your arms around these people, take care of them, heal their bodies, let them know you're there. And God, I thank you for I thank you for everything that you do. Lord God, I thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for a sinner like myself. Lord, I lift these things up to you. Lord, your sweet and precious name.